following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Did you know there were over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch? Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fun hunting for your brilliant brunch Riesling. Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! Before we get going, could you please do the show a huge favor by filling out a less than five minute survey? Just go to podcastone.com slash my survey or go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. It's completely anonymous and your responses will help us align appropriate advertisers with you, our listeners. Your efforts will help Overworld stay free to download with minimal ads. Go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Eric Kane. I'm here with Paul Tassi, and this is Overworld, where we review games, talk about games, and uh, talk about the gaming industry. All right. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Uh, not too much. Just basking in the glow of E3 here. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it really kicks off in full force today. Uh, it, we've, we've, we've been spending all weekend watching the live streams of various uh, big games game publishers like uh, Bethesda, Ubisoft, Sony. And uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a weird E3. What do you think? It's been an extremely weird E3. <laughs> uh, I've written yeah, I don't know, like 20 articles in, in two and a half days and I'm still missing most of the news. But the press conferences themselves have been kind of strange. Like so there's been some good stuff in there, but the format of a lot of these has been downright weird and it seems like we're moving in a direction uh, that I wasn't really expecting. So I think we're going to try and go through all the major ones and, and, and touch on them a little bit each. Yeah. All right. But before we get going, just want to give a quick but important thanks to ZipRecruiter. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. That'll save you a couple hundred dollars. Um, nice. Yeah, yes, we're doing we do ads, ads now. We're doing ads now <laughs> in our podcast. So big time. Big time. All right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, E3, which is, you know, kind of the premier video game conference of the year. And there's some other big ones, but E3 is really kind of like... It is the big one. I mean, season, there's know. other shows and stuff, and like the Game Awards are becoming somewhat big, and they're trying yeah. to be like winter E3, but obviously E3 is still kind of the biggest one. Yeah. Well, it's good timing to sort of preview games that are coming out at the busy holiday season. Although we saw a lot today or not today, this weekend, that um, are coming out in early 2019, which is interesting. Yeah, um, a lot of the highest profile ones were like far-flung future, but then everyone is so scared of the heavy hitters in fall. There was a lot of stuff coming in, in February and March, and yeah. oh, February, February 22nd in particular. <laughs> <laughs> what all is it? It's, uh, like, is, is that The Last of Us on the 22nd? Or no, I, I no, can't last of us it's it's anthem it's days okay. gone i think uh, it's crackdown crackdown right. 3 um <laughs> there's at least two more besides that and then a couple like a week before and a week after uh like division 2 i think it's march 15th or something which is a couple weeks but yeah that's a crowded season whereas this year it was like monster hunter god of war yeah, that was kind of it. I mean, yeah, it <laughs> for the most nice. part, we had yeah, it was nice. I got to focus on like one game, but uh, I mean, I'm excited for all the stuff that's that's happening. It's just going to be a really fall is always intense, but you're not usually prepared for such an intense kind of spring winter season. 
it's good. I mean, it, really, the way that the gaming industry is growing, you can't just fit everything into the holiday season. It would be, you know, we'd have the the Titanfall two issue just over and over again, which just you know, can't we, we can't have that happening. So, I mean, and uh, you know, it's interesting. I just thought of this as we were talking about the February releases. Did they show any of Days Gone in the Sony presser? They did not, but they did, to be they fair, they didn't show that much of most things in the Sony presser. <laughs> so, um, well, okay. Do you want to go in order, like of how they how they went, like each each press conference? Yeah, I mean, we don't have to do Square Enix and stuff, but like if we start with, <laughs> if we start with EA and end with Nintendo, which was just a few hours ago, we can kind yeah. of try and hit the highlights here. This might be a, a, a little, little longer light. for for you listeners, but. C3, That's I mean, good whatever. Because <laughs> also, because, you know, this is now our Thursday overworld segment, which uh, is all ours now. We, you know, we were sharing um, this podcast with uh, Matt Perez and Satchel Drakes. They are now on a Tuesday podcast and we're on a thursday podcast at least that's, uh, yes that's this week i forgot that's happening so now <laughs> so. we can do our own long long-winded thing and and get away with it um you know theoretically yeah, we'll try and keep it like reasonable but this this week might be longer than most because of e3 but from now on all our podcasts will be four hours long uh, <laughs> <laughs> no um okay so ea ea play kicked things off on saturday um i was there last year this year i was thankfully wasn't um yeah. i think that i don't know if if it was worse than last year but it was still just basically as just as bad as last year he is just never really good at this i mean it was it was a more traditional event than i think a lot of the other ones were and we'll get into that later but they just didn't have all that much to to show off and what they did show off was kind of awkward um like they had battlefield 5 but then and like they they mentioned that they have a battle royale mode, but like really didn't get into it at all. At all. Um, they just said despite, it was different than anything before. D- yeah, despite the, the game's coming out in what three months. So that seems like kind of a key <laughs> thing to address. Um and then they I mean, it was like an apology tour. They did this, they had to do this really weird Battlefront 2 segment where they Port, they forced the poor freaking dice developer out there to be like, sorry guys, like we didn't do as good as we thought we wanted it to. And, and like, <laughs> clearly it's Andrew Wilson, the CEO, who like made that decision to do like all the loot box stuff. Like that wasn't Dice's decision. Right. And to have <laughs> EA like force him out there was so brutal and like weird. And I, I don't know. I mean, they spent a whole lot of time on on that segment and literally we just got the name of the respawn <laughs> star wars game yeah. and that and that was it um was so weird why it, even it was just it strange oh and the announcer was yeah. so awkward too the the girl that they got to do all that i mean she, i i feel bad for people in that position but it's like i thought she was doing the best yeah, she could with just, what was available to her <laughs> less, so the, the lesson being is that at these things i wish they would talk less and show more I think that's what Sony has traditionally done really well and somebody like EA has done really poorly. They're always talking about like there's like I've I've seen this bingo thing going around where there's all these checkboxes of what EA is going to do in their press conference <laughs> and it's like bring up influencers to you know and talk about something that doesn't have to do with games and they do all this stuff like almost every time. And it's just it's boring and it's awkward um and and you're left kind of Oh, like, they had the Madden 
the Madden guy, like, yeah, <laughs> with his championship belt and like, and then oh, they did yeah. the Commanded Conquer stage demo with the mobile game with in control. Like, yeah, let me tell you, I don't know whose idea it was to shoutcast a mobile game that no one has ever heard of or played before <laughs> on stage for like 15 minutes. And like, no one has any clue what's going on because you can't just like jump into a game like that, even with like a 30 second explanation and know what's happening. No. And that that was just. That was bad. You know what else was um, weird was the Battlefield 5 multiplayer trail. Well, the whole Battlefield 5 presentation was like suddenly very grim and colorless. Did you notice that? Like the trailer was dark and brooding. Trying to change the vibe again. The vibe at the reveal event was like colorful and bombastic. And and it's like, wait, what are you, what are you guys doing? This doesn't help us understand. Why didn't they come out there and just explain what the game was all about? It was like It was almost like they gave us nothing at all about Battlefield 5. It was very strange. Yeah, the pr- the presentation here was was very strange, and so they say so close with Anthem, which was like the big thing. And the kind of split I'm seeing is Anthem. I mean, didn't look like anything all that crazy cool, like from from what they showed in the initial you know trailer on the stage. But I'm, I'm hearing from people that have actually played it that it's actually really fun. It's just that wasn't really demonstrated. In, in what they showed on screen. And it, it's like a really kind of weird decision to me to talk about story and all this stuff and then show pretty much no story components. And then to have this be allegedly a loot shooter and not show any loot or any like loot systems or skill tree things or, or things like that. Like, isn't, aren't these things supposed to be the core of, of the game? And I, I don't know, that that struck me as, as very strange. And it was weird to have them like, pretty much subtweeting destiny the whole time we're like well some games are multiplayer with like story bolted on the side and it's like well where's your story what is your thing happening and like now you know we had to learn all this stuff after the fact like there's no romance options like it's a bioware game but they're just not doing that now and it 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 was a very odd presentation and i feel like they hid they hid kind of the wrong information yeah you have to romance your co-op person that you're yeah that's it (laughs) that won't go poorly at all (laughs) there should be a romance option where you send a note that says do you like me check yes or no um (laughs) yeah no i it's it was a weird present you know i felt a lot less hyped for anthem after that presentation and partly because i feel like what they did show not only was it none of that none of the story stuff none it it was the same thing they showed last year i mean it was almost the same exact thing you know we saw a few more details but i mean last year they showed us you know the the, the the javelin suits that you'd get into and then the guys flying around and shooting some bad guys. I mean, they showed kind of a little more this year, but it was pretty much the same thing. So it was pretty hard to feel like, oh, now I understand this game better. Now I'm more excited for it. I haven't really read yeah, like, up well, like, much since then, but the presentation is... Well, show, me the, show me the Bioware stuff that's like the cool Bioware things you're doing. Like, show me the character creator. Like, show me the loot system you came up with. Like, you can't really just run half a mission and then just... I guess sit around. That was where they had the people to sit around on stage and kind of talk about it for twenty minutes, which was not. <laughs> they should have been showing things yeah. during that time. Once again, what right? they were discussing was they were just like, "Oh, story, 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 story." Like show some of that at least. So I, I thought that was weird, but I mean, the impressions I'm hearing about gameplay are positive, uh, so that's good. But 
I, the presentation was weird, but I guess it matched the rest of EA's show, which was also not amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I probably will enjoy Anthem. Like, it looks like an enjoyable experience. Uh, and it, it looks like a good replacement for, you know, maybe some other games like it, like Destiny or The Division. Like, maybe if those things aren't really doing it for you anymore, this will be a good alternative. But it's certainly, they have not convinced me that there's anything Bioware about it at all. And then you're kind of left with this feeling, like, everyone talks about, okay, if this doesn't succeed, Bioware is toast. But then, of course, if it does succeed, is this just the direction Bioware moves, where we get further and further away from RPGs, you know, character-driven? Yeah, I think they got really freaked out by Andromeda, and just, now they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. I, I still maintain that Anthem just should have been the next Mass Effect game by itself, and just been in that world, and just changed to kind of a loot shooter. Yeah, or <laughs> and, or like, yeah, like maybe, a, you know, because they could have started a new spinoff with that, you know, with, with this game. I don't know. I mean, I think that they should have honestly just given more funding and uh, experienced developers uh, to the development of Andromeda because it could have been a good game. All that game needed was like three more months <laughs> and it yeah. would have launched with like 80% less bugs. Yeah, and better um, And language. it wouldn't have become like a meme that <laughs> killed the franchise. I don't know. It'll. I think it'll be back eventually, especially now that Casey Hudson's back. Yeah. But well, I hope so. It might take a decently long time. Um, um, so so right. that was kind of the, the, the end of the EA uh, conference was, was the anthem. Yeah. And then on, on Sunday, things picked back up with Microsoft. And I have I just completely forgotten what they talked about. The, the big thing that I remember is really that they bought up a bunch of studios. They bought a bunch yeah, of games. Well, and yet, somehow, I think they did actually have the best conference. Like, was, may, yeah, I mean, maybe they don't have the best games, but I, I thought it was the best show. Was, well, <laughs> and at least in terms of how it was structured and what they did show. But I'm going to hand that one directly to Phil Spencer, who is just very likable. Sorry, you uh, cut out. Did you say Bethesda? No, Phil Spencer. Oh, Phil Spencer. Xbox okay. Uh, he's just a very likable <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. And when he's on stage talking, I, I don't know. He just he's comes off as a very genuine person. And I think he's exactly the face that Xbox needs right now. Um, and so I think that, yeah, they, they put on a good show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm drawing kind of a blank on the games that they showed. Well, okay, so some of the stuff is a little confusing. So they showed off Halo Infinite, which is some kind of Halo game <laughs> releasing at some unspecified time in the future. Um, it, it is supposedly like Halo 6, like it's not some crazy like switch to being an MMO or something, uh, or a loot shooter or whatever. Sure. Like it's <laughs> a legitimate Halo game. There's some weird rumors going around about how they might release like the single ca- single player campaign first and then multiplayer like six months later or something. Which sounds like a bad idea. Okay, I mean it doesn't sound like a great plan to me, but maybe that's they're kind of rushed to get it out and have some exclusives on the board for the first time ever. But I, I think the general theme of this conference and why you don't really remember that many games is because there aren't that many games and this is really it's all kind of future proofing stuff and they were very clear I just, some of some of uh Phil Spencer's stuff felt like a direct response to an article I wrote where I was like what is Xbox even doing like making <laughs> consoles at this yeah. point and he's like we are still making consoles we will always be making consoles <laughs> I'm like wow I guess someone someone read my article but <laughs> So like, but all the stuff they're doing is like long-term planning. We're like, yeah, it's awesome. They're buying up all these talented studios like in full and, and throwing a bunch of money into game dev. But like, again, when are we going to see the real results of that? Probably not for 
two, three, five years, which will clearly be next gen. It really depends on and, if those studios have projects in development that are going to now be Xbox ex- and PC exclusives. Even if they do, I still think I still think they're next gen because the other rumor is that the next Xbox is is twenty twenty. So we're only about a year and a half away from from that launch at this point. So if you're developing a game now, like you would, I would have to imagine it's being developed for Xbox. I think it's Scarlet, called Scarlet was the code name. Scarlet O'Hara. <laughs> Go with that. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, yeah. it's sort of weird to even be thinking about new. I don't know, like when Xbox three sixty and PS three were. You know, reaching the end of their lifespan, it was like obviously read. You know, time for a new generation of consoles. You know, they they weren't high definition enough. They were, they they felt antiquated. But really, like Xbox One X and PS4 Pro are fine. Like, yeah, I am still consistently like blown away by the games I'm playing. And it's like, I played God of War on PS4 Pro, and I'm like, this is literally the most gorgeous game I've ever seen. That was like a month ago. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so like, it, it's not exactly like I'm clamoring for. A new console like not that i'm not gonna buy it if it comes out obviously because that's my job and i also probably would anyway but <laughs> it, it it doesn't seem as is kind of mandatory as it was before because of these mid mid-gen upgrades yeah. and I, I don't know i'm very curious to see what the future holds because i mean they even mentioned like consoles plural so like some sort of multiple pronged hardware kind of thing so i, I it seems like they might be planning something a little out there like maybe like a slim like streaming game box yeah. or something and then a real console or like i i don't even know so i guess we'll see what they're they're actually planning well i think you know both sony and microsoft will just make imitation switches that's they're just everything's going to be like the switch because it's so dang popular and that's that's the future now yeah, but we'll see um so microsoft also had gears right yeah they had a bunch of gear stuff they have like they opened with a hilarious intro where it was, they're making a Gears of War pop game, which I guess that's trying to be like a new kind of Lego-like game. Uh, this incredibly violent and bloody Gears of War series seems like an odd choice for that, but <laughs> I guess I guess we'll see how that yeah. goes. Uh, and then there's Gears of War Tactics, which is is some sort of RTS, I think. It, sounds awesome. it could be a little X, XCOM-ish. I'm, I'm not entirely positive and then there's just flat out gears of war 5 uh what you're playing is is one is the woman from gears of war 4 and that looks like a pretty standard new gears of war installment um i I think that might be coming out next year i don't know if they said but that would be my guess uh and yeah so they're still you know going to that well they refused to announce fable 4 (laughs) they they really hinted at it but they wouldn't say it by name even though it's kind of an open secret at this point yeah so that was slightly odd but i guess that 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 must really not be far along then um if they're not even gonna say the name of it like it's voldemort or something (laughs) like so i i would not expect that until next gen probably like mid next gen at this rate so we'll see well microsoft you know has done a lot of good things i think with backwards compatibility with you know they've really turned it around in, in so many ways from when the xbox 3 or xbox 1 first launched with you know remember when the, when it launched they were going to have online only and no used games and all this garbage and now they've really turned that around but they still are just you know they're just still lacking so much in the in the games department and it's kind of a shame i mean i think they they know what they have to do now it's just the nature of the industry is going to mean that that takes a really long well, time yeah, to implement. I mean, Fortunately, 
they have the resources to just stall indefinitely if they want. And like, I was literally, I was supposed to listen to Twitter the other day. Like Microsoft's market cap is, I think, 10 or 20 times what Sony's yeah. is. So like, they're in no real danger. Like if they, if they want to do Xbox, they'll do it forever. Like no matter what, you know, how much they're being outsold this generation or whatever. Yeah. So in that sense, no one really has to be worried about Xbox going anywhere as long as Microsoft's, you know, right. doesn't want it to. So yeah. Yeah. Unless it's another Zune. Uh, which is, I guess, possible. But unlike, see, the Xbox gets still good press. You know, it's still a, it's still sexy. So, uh, yeah, and there's nothing actively wrong with it other than just a lack of games for it right now. Essentially, I mean, there was at launch, there was like actual problems with the Xbox at launch. Like it was underpowered, it was married to connect, like all this stuff. But now, like the hardware is not remotely the problem at all. Um, and now they have really, really awesome kind of programs and stuff with game pass and the backward capability and like accessibility stuff right. now they just need <laughs> really awesome games and they'll be all set so stop they, they can do that <laughs> yeah maybe just stop canceling games delaying and release crackdown eventually yeah, but do you, think, do you think that'll come out crackdown 3 i suppose it probably will but yeah it'll it's take forever. i think it's yeah it's february 22nd it's with all the other for now things. i don't think it's going to be good <laughs> at all but it will exist yeah <laughs> Um, we'll see how that goes. So from there, the the E3 moved on to Bethesda. Nope, nope. We gotta we gotta do our our ham fisted segue here ah, into yes. <laughs> our other ad that we were supposed to do already. We <laughs> we're we're still learning how to do this, so bear with us, and we'll get better at, at transitions eventually. So okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start yeah. this off. Um, okay, are Go you hiring? It. Posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. That's right, ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. ZipRecruiter. And I don't think we need to say that again. So <laughs> ZipRecruiter, <laughs> the smartest way to hire. It's a lot of uh, – that, that was three times. I, I think feel, you like, can Don, say I feel that, like Don Draper. Yeah, if you say that three times, ZipRecruiter actually appears behind you. <laughs> like, like with, with a candidate to hire, <laughs> yes. Like you just say that in the mirror three times. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. The right workspace is more than just square footage. It's an incubator of achievement, a magnet for talent. Your workforce unleashed. For 160 years, Savills has been bringing real intelligence to global real estate, ensuring not just any space, but the perfect workspace. Because the most important dimension of a building is the human one. Savills. See what Savills can do for you at Savills.us. Back to E3 and Bethesda, right? Yes. Bethesda, are, um, you know, I, I have to say, Bethesda, <laughs> I have a love-hate thing for them, and their their conference just confirms that in so many ways. Uh, like Fallout 76, 
Mm, you yeah. know, it's like I, I'm stoked. There's a new Fallout game coming out, but it's like, oh, it's an online only with actually. I'm gonna put this in quotes. And... A quote Fallout okay, game. Yeah, exactly. Like, and weren't they on this big like single like save single player kick? And now it's suddenly like a new Fallout game that is. You're like, well, bad. I don't know. <laughs> it's actually. I mean, the vast right majority out. of their stuff still is single player, but. It, yeah, okay, so I, I've been trying to, to understand Fallout 76 ever since it was announced, and, like, even after all these announcements, like, it's still <laughs> very difficult for me to yeah. actually figure out what's going on, and, like, the closest thing I can I can think of is it's, it's, it's more akin to, like, Daisy Rust, where it's kind of just, like, go in the Fallout world, mess around with your friends, kill other people, but also there is still a quest line, like, it, it does exist, and yet somehow this quest line is given to you when there's no NPCs in the world at all. Yeah. <laughs> because every other player or every other person you meet is another player. There are no NPCs in this game at all. There's just, this is straight from Todd Howard. Like I literally watched this interview with, with him and Jeff Kiley. And he's like, there's no NPCs. There's robots and there's like hollow tapes and stuff. But, but that's it. And everything else is just players. So that strikes me as, very weird and not really something I feel like I'm going to be into. Um, and then there's like minor things that are going to be weird because it's online. Like Vats is now in real time, which yeah, how does that work? All right, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that works. Like, that. <laughs> like, what's what's the point of that? You know, you know what Vats in real time is called aiming. Yeah, I know, right? And I'm fine <laughs> with that because I'm not a big fan of Vats in general. It's always kind of a clunky system, but like it's weird to be like, oh yes, Vats exist, but it's not in slow mo, which is like the whole point of Vats. Oops, I just bumped my mic. <laughs> but um, I was violently gesturing with my <laughs> confusion now about we have Fallout. To start but... The whole thing over from the beginning. Ah, oh, shoot, we're trying to do one take. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this game is just confusing, and like it doesn't really seem like something I'm gonna like. Like all these games where. You're, it's it's essentially forced pvp like the entire game looks like the division's dark zone yeah. which was my least favorite part of that game so it's like oh yeah i want to play fallout and quest and level up and this and that and then like i could fight some boss and then i just come and get ganked by whoever and you know even if there's not permadeath and i'm not losing all my gear and stuff like that still doesn't like man i'd rather just play a, a, like a fallout game like the other fallout games that i already like like this isn't really something i've been asking for but I'm not going to say like it shouldn't exist just because it doesn't appeal to me. It just, it's such a departure that I, I just simply don't really have an interest in it because the genre has switched so much. You know, that kind of mirrors the Anthem thing, though Anthem actually looks like it could be fun in its own way. But it is like, okay, here's this very drastic change. And and in a, in a, I guess like for Fallout, this is more like, it's it's not like a main release of a Fallout game. It's more like a spinoff, you know, it's like Fallout Shelter was a spinoff for mobile. And this is kind of... I mean, it's a little more involved in Fallout Shelter, but yeah, it it does... Well, the map is four times as big as Fallout 4, so, like, some crazy amount of work has gone into this. It's just... it's. I think it's all in map and mechanics, and I can't imagine that it's going to have a quest line and story that's anywhere near what the other games had, if it it even has a, a real story, so... Well, it'll be interesting to see what it actually... I mean, once we actually try it out but right now yeah it's one of those weird it's just weird that they can like barely even describe it in a way that i i understand what it is yeah (laughs) it just seems like kind of an unstructured battle royale game no man's like rust or something yeah like we didn't know what it was we still don't know what it is (laughs) (laughs) um there were other announcements from bethesda though that were maybe slightly more comforting like a new doom 
a new uh, a sequel to the rebooted Doom. That's cool. Yep. They're Doom, go to Earth. Doom, Doom Eternal. Yeah. I get that mixed up with Halo Infinite. All these. I know, right? <laughs> this okay. This is a pet peeve of mine where they're announcing sequels that are actual full sequels, and then but they're just doing a subtitle. So like yeah. Halo Six is Halo Six. It's Halo Infinite. Like <laughs> Doom Two isn't Doom Two. It's Doom Eternal. And I think the Wolfenstein one is also like Wolfenstein young blood or something yeah. right yeah it does get it's so, like maybe it's a dlc or like an expansion well right yeah i'm like is this a spinoff is this dlc like no and I, i'm still not 100 percent sure the wolfenstein one isn't a spin i think it's a full new game i'm not sure <laughs> yeah i i i don't know i i i i i wasn't around for the bethesda presentation so i was kind of just reading up on all of it after the fact what what was did you watch the whole thing yeah, I watched that one. I mean, the go. Wolfenstein one was like you're playing as BJ's twin daughters, which is kind of right, awesome. Right, that is cool. Uh, and it looked like a full game, so and it takes place in the '80s, so it, it definitely didn't seem like DLC. I, I need to go back and read more about it, but um, so that was there. They have like this prey DLC that's coming out like a year later. That's crazy, right? Uh, that looked it looks interesting. It's just I, I don't know if I'm going to go back to prey after a year. Um, when there's so much else going on, but, um, you know, props to them for, for doing that. And then, uh, what else did they do? Well, I I guess we can skip to the two big closing announcements where they revealed Starfield, which is their next big single player game, which is sci-fi. And I thought that was a code name for their next game, but it's just the name of the game, apparently. Might as well go um, with it, I think. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, that's fine with me. And then they officially, quote-unquote, revealed Elder Scrolls Six with just a 30-second, here's the map thing and the logo. Uh, that was a little weird for me, because again like it's cool to see them acknowledge it but like for at least two or three years now everyone has known that they're making it yeah so i, I kind of hope they would show something from it but they were very clear that that game is like probably mid next gen too because they said starfield is their next big game and then es6 is the one after that yeah so i don't know what like 2022 or 23 <laughs> or something which is nuts but <laughs> That literally could be how far away it is at this point. So I'm, I'm certainly excited for both of those games. But again, there's literally nothing to go on based on what they've shown. Yeah, it's kind of madness how long they're taking between Elder Scrolls games. Because, like, they, how many how many copies of Skyrim did they sell? Like, I mean, like at, least, at least 30 million, I think. But like, and they could just keep, re- just keep releasing Skyrim like yeah. every year and a half, and that was good enough. But it, it's 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 like yeah, it's like all the GTA re-releases. <laughs> you know those those two games, they just keep on pumping them out again and again with like very minor changes. But I mean, honestly, it's like they could make they could make so much money on another elder. It's been long enough. It's not like we just had. It's not like Assassin's Creed where we just had one that you know last year and you know every year a Call of Duty or something. You know, like people have been waiting for a new Elder Elder Scrolls game forever. But we're getting Fallout seventy six first, and I don't know. It's just Bethesda's a strange company. I like their yeah, game. Yeah, the Fallout seventy six thing threw me because like that. I, I would assume those people could have also been working on Starfield or Elder Scrolls six to get those games out faster. But right. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so then you know Bethesda 
was the last. Well, there was Devolver Digital, which no, I didn't. No, I didn't no, know why. Skipping that. <laughs> I know that there was a, a From Software game announced. Oh, we forgot about that in the the Microsoft, oh, the Microsoft one. We got a, the Sekiro Shadow Shadow, Shadow Side twice. twice. That looks amazing. That's probably oh, my well, obviously, unsurprising highlight of of E3. That looks. That's it's like a Japanese. It's it looks like a you know a little bit of Dark Souls, a little bit of Tenchu, like. The whole the whole nine yards it, it looks fantastic. That that may be my my best game of E three right now. So I'm Although, shocked, no, shocked you would what, say that. Maybe tied. <laughs> maybe tied with with a couple others. Oh oh, we forgot one of my highlights also, which was Rage two, which I thought looked awesome. I think that game looks great. I mean that was that was the one Bethesda game that was new, and they showed like a ton of footage for it, and it looked like really fun. It looked a lot more fun than Fallout. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm I'm actually pretty excited for that. That went from like totally off my radar, and like I swear to God, I don't even know what Rage One is. I've I've never played that. I didn't even know it yeah. existed before it's Rage okay. Two was coming out. <laughs> I played a little. I played some of it. I don't think I ever finished it, but it's it's not ba- a bad game. But this looks way better. Well, it reminds me like what they did with Prey, where like new Prey came out and it was like a quote sequel, but it really wasn't, and it was just right. kind of a new IP or like what they did with Deus Ex a long time ago. Same kind of thing, but so yeah, that looked really good. I thought that's one of my highlights of the show, which oh yeah, slipped my mind until now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's just so many games. You you know, listeners will have to forgive us yeah, that we forget. It's hard one to get. I think we're doing like through six shows here, so and, and we don't have this all written out. You know, this is off the cuff. There's, yeah, there's nothing scripted freestyle. about this except for the ads. Oh god, we're on pace ads for like so an hour. We have three more to do. All right, <laughs> uh, Ubisoft is next, right? Yeah. Well, I wanted to just say one thing about Devolver Digital, which is oh, that okay. there was that Metal Wolf Chaos game from From Software. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two From Software games have been announced. I had written a post saying that there might be three because... No Bloodborne 2. No Bloodborne 2, which I'm fine with that. I'm fine if they never make another Bloodborne because Dark Souls was fine on its own, and it, I think it would have been better if they'd moved on to doing something different instead of Dark Souls. They're gonna. I know they're gonna. But well, of course they are. It's, it's we'll sold see. well. Yeah, it's, it's sold very really popular, well. But. I still think we're going to hear something about a Game of Thrones thing from From Software, but we'll see. Maybe that's just crazy. I don't know what's going on with that word. Game of Thrones. Supposedly Bethesda had one too, and I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't believe the Bethesda rumor anymore because they clearly have enough projects going on. But oh yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah. So, anyways, um, okay. Moving on, we go to um, Ubisoft. No, we're skipping Square. Yes. We didn't. Wa- you did. You did watch Square. Was like twenty minutes, right? It was. Yeah. I mean, they had. What they, they had, had Shadow Raider stuff, oh, they had, Raider, yeah. yeah, and then and then Kingdom Hearts, which was shown like multiple times throughout all these conferences. Like, how many <laughs> it's times? Like four different Kingdom Hearts trailers. <laughs> well, four Kingdom Hearts trailers, three of which were the same one aired multiple times. I don't understand. I don't get Kingdom Hearts, man. I just I don't. <laughs> that is just so far beyond me. I, it's like I, if you like Final Fantasy and you like Disney and you want them, that to is a weird them. area of overlap. Why? <laughs> Why was that ever? Cons- I don't know. And like everything I see from that just looks like utter nonsense. I don't know. Someone's going to get mad at me about this, but I hope I've, so. ne- I've never understood that that series. <laughs> but um, so Ubisoft then was the next yeah. one, and um, I actually thought it was a pretty good conference. Like everyone says, they can be pretty cringy, but I don't know. It was fine. They showed a lot no, of game footage, and and they had a, they had a dancing panda bear. Uh, yeah, that intro was. Dance bonkers I, wait did, how do people play just dance though are people still using connect is that oh, is no, that how you play no, just dance no. well maybe on microsoft uh but okay for sony for the ps you camera can use 
Yeah, uh, for Sony, you can either use the Move controllers, or you. I think you can just use a regular controller because it has the sensors. Um, and for Switch, uh, okay. you use the Joy-Cons. Just dance around holding the controller. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't right. know. My, my kids play that game, and we, we have it on Switch, and so they just use the Joy-Cons, and we have it on PlayStation. Yeah, that would make more sense. Move, okay. And that seems to work well. And one time we couldn't find the game, the disc, so I just turned on music and handed them the Move controllers. And strangely enough, that worked really well, too. Actually, what I did was I, I turned on the PlayStation camera so they could see themselves on the TV. And that was really fun. I think That's I hilarious. Think you tricked them into just dancing. Yeah, just <laughs> literally just dancing. It was pretty great. <laughs> this, is, right, this is really off topic, but um, related to what you just said, I've, I've seen like there's like a quote resurgence in like kid dancing now sparked solely by Fortnite. <laughs> Because every kid growing up like has learned all these Fortnite dances and are like so doing cool. it in like all these <laughs> online videos and stuff now, and it's like this oh, like school and stuff, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. like world sweeping trend now, which I find hilarious, but and kind of awesome. Like, like no, it's really cool. Fortnite is bringing <laughs> dancing to the world. Like, it's yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's cool to me, you know, Fortnite, um, which we're gonna get to more of that later in the show. But um, you know, my my eleven year old, she doesn't really play games that aren't Mario Kart or just dance or mobile games, but she plays Fortnite. And I think it's just partly because everyone plays Fortnite, you know, but it's kind of funny. Like she, I'd never really pictured her playing any kind of shooter, but there she goes. She's playing, you know, so it's literally, it's literally cool. Pokemon go level of like, it's just oh, assimilated yeah. all <laughs> it's even taken over our Ubisoft segment of this podcast. That's how <laughs> I know. <laughs> when is the Assassin's Creed skin coming to Fortnite? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Actually, they kind of made one this week. They There's... did. I know. I said that in my post that the, the Dark Ninja looks like an assassin from, from yeah, Assassin's Creed. I thought that was very funny. Okay. What did Ubisoft uh, actually do? Okay. Beyond Good and uh, Evil, they showed another okay. cinematic trailer. That game is, is not coming out for at least three or four years, oh, if yeah. that. If ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want it to just be a movie at this point. I want like an animated movie of Beyond Good and Evil. Because oh, yeah. It looks like a very, so much fun. very good movie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, wait, did we miss Cyberpunk in the Microsoft conference too? <laughs> oh yeah, we totally did. <laughs> that was the closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll have to forgive me on this one though, because I wasn't there for Bethesda or the second half of Microsoft. Oh, okay. Well, that's my fault, stuff. I guess. Then, yeah, that um, was Microsoft closer. Um, it was all cinematic and no gameplay and no release date. It looked awesome. It really didn't look anything like The Witcher. It like the vibe is just totally different. Um, so. It, it, and in some ways, minus the crazy animals, it does remind me a lot of, of Beyond Good and Evil and kind of the same somewhat similar vibe of, of what we saw there. But again, that game is both of those games are not going to come out for an extremely long time. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll both be really good, but we are very, 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 very far away from all of them. So probably next gen for both of those. Oh, easily. Yeah, without question. Yeah. I don't even know if they'll come out for current gen at all. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll be like bridge games or well, something. Well, yeah, backwards compatibility but, and all that. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I. it's it's interesting. You know, I can see that from Ubisoft it makes sense because they have like a bazillion games all the time. But I wonder, you know, CD Projekt Red, they not, you know, they, they came out with The Witcher and it's and I guess they've got the Gwent thing going. But they don't have like a lot of games right. going on. It's hard, well, it's already been games, in development for but, five years and it's going to take another five years? That's like Duke Nukem Forever uh, territory. Like that's... I get waiting, and I get their games are huge, but that's a long time. You know what I? You know what I gotta say. As much as I like that that developer, I don't think games being huge is really the selling point it once was. I'd rather see a smaller, more compact sci-fi role-playing game that's that's polished and 
and has a good story than have like a giant, you know, five times bigger than The Witcher 3. Like, I don't need that. I don't I don't need to wait around for 10 years for it, you know? Yeah, I think it depends on the game. Like, I think for, for self-contained story games, like, I would rather have them be shorter than you, you must play 100 hours of The Witcher to experience yeah. all of its story content. Whereas, like, yes, I would like to get 100 hours out of Destiny because that's like loot grinding and that's like optional. And, and if I enjoy playing it, I'll keep doing that. But like, to finish the story... To have like a minimum of forty five hours or something. It's it's kind of a bit much, and I think judging by statistics, there is a tiny percentage of people who are actually finishing these games. Exactly. So I, I think it's in your best interest to maybe start editing a little bit more than people have been in in some ways. Well, I think there's this, especially in the role playing game world, there's this idea that having a really elaborate kind of you know, full of side quests storyline is important and having a big open world is important and having all these, like, it's got to be so many hours. Like there's this like checklist of things that RPGs are supposed to have, but I just don't think that those things are actually important to 90% of gamers. Maybe it is on paper. Like maybe the gamers would complain if it wasn't all those things, but I, I really do think you can have more contained stories. And I think I, I, I mean, from what I've seen from a lot of people is that, I see a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, I like Pillars of Eternity, but I never finished it, you know, or I liked this game, but I still have to finish it. And it, it's 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 just so widespread everywhere. I just well, we're way off topic, but I, I think we can it's really have I want to have a a more I want to have a renaissance in, in role playing games where we get smaller games that have good stories and, and, and quality, you know, graphics and acting and all that. But, but maybe take 20 to 30 hours instead of God of War 60. God of War is a great example. A great example though, you know, it's it's less it's kind of RPG light. I mean, but yeah. I think I did everything you, you could in that game with... in like 30 hours and like I could have probably yeah. finished it in like 15 20 if I really wanted to, but yeah, I think that that is a good example. Yeah, and I think that games, you know, that you know, even like top-down, you know, old-school Baldur's Gate style games could could get away with 20 hours yeah. and then and then release some expansions later, you know. Speaking of games that are notoriously too long, uh Assassin's Creed Odyssey is coming out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um I did really love Origins, so I'm like back on the Assassin's Creed train. This looks like a direct reskin of Origins, <clears throat> so I'm choking on things, but uh <laughs> and I, I'm I'm curious about it because it. I wrote about this today, but like it didn't occur to me till after the fact. Everyone's like, "Why are there no assassins in the trailer? Like, why is this even an Assassin's Creed game?" It's like, mm-hmm. well, we just played the origin of the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and this game takes place 300 years before that in the in the Peloponnesian War. So we have to be seeing the beginning of the Templar, I imagine. Like nothing else really makes yeah. any amount of sense besides that unless we're doing Bix ancestor or something but so i yeah, think that's that kind of a, a, a neat idea um and supposedly this is another game where they showed it off and it looked pretty and whatever but pe- the people that have played it are like really into it um from from what i'm hearing so that's promising i like the rpg stuff okay. i like that if bioware is not going to do romance options anymore assassin's creed's gonna <laughs> i know what a weird yeah. world we live in when right? i saw that like... heart pop up in the dialogue tree i was like what <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it feels like, you know, some people, I've seen some people online saying, oh, it's just a, 
it's just uh, Origins DLC, hard pass, you know? And it's like, no, this looks like Origins refined even further, you know? Combat looks like it might be a little tighter. Uh, having dialogue options and all these other things, more RPG elements, uh, it, it looks really good. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't know how I feel about dialogue trees it, in Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> Romance options, I mean, yeah, dialogue trees, eh, I don't know, we'll see. It, it might not work, but I like that they're trying it, yeah. you know? I like that they're that they're not sitting on their uh, resting on their laurels, you know. Uh, Assassin's Creed is a, I mean, uh, you know, they obviously no game franchise can for just stay the same forever, but they've really, you know, with Origins, they did so much right. But well, I'm wondering and, if they're are, are they trying to go back to annual now, or are they going to break after this? Because I I wasn't expecting another one the following yeah. year, but yeah, I wasn't either. I thought maybe they'd be announcing like. For this for 2019. We'll what else was in this? We'll, yeah. Oh, the Division Two. I'm really excited for the Division Two. I'm like a huge Division fanboy, so uh, I don't know if that was as impressive to like people who don't really <laughs> play that series, but I'm pretty psyched for that. Yeah, I so I didn't, you know, I played the Division at first, and then I got a little distracted, and I, I set it down, and then I never really picked it back up because it's one of those games, kind of like Destiny, where it just sort of it keeps growing and changing and you come back to it and you don't even know where to start. So actually I'm looking forward to the division two because I feel like I can get in on day one and kind of try to ride, ride that wave for a while. Um, I also feel like strangely enough, Ubisoft is going to be more on the ball than Bungie was with destiny two in terms of uh, actually putting out a product that their fans want, because if, I really feel like they've been listening to their fans and, I don't think they're going to make that same mistake of releasing a sequel that just abandons everything that they changed that made the game better in the first place, you know, because that's kind of what what Bungie did. Yeah, it seems like they are directly learning from the past game. Like the the Division 1's problem was it had a really actually very good uh, story campaign and like 1 to 30 leveling experience at the beginning. It's just the the end. Except for bullet sponges. Yeah, and like the the end (laughs) The, the end game was just like total garbage and like it took them about a year or so to fix that. And so now if they can just do another similarly pretty good campaign, but then understand what they need to do for the end game to begin with. And even if they just even took all the end game stuff from the division one and put it in the division two, that's really all you need. And like they're doing new stuff too, but that alone is, is a great start. And like, yeah, it, I, no one really understands why Bungie like went backwards <laughs> the way they did in so many ways for <laughs> destiny too. Like they improved the main story campaign, I guess to some degree, but then they lost like everything else and all the other changes they made were bad <laughs> and they, and they didn't make the changes they had made in the previous two years of patches and updates. So except for the map, I really liked that they added oh, a map. I forgot destiny one didn't have a map. Oh yeah. That yeah. like, there is really kind of smaller yeah. stuff that is quality of life that they did really well, but that kind of gets overlooked in favor of, the stuff they screwed up, but we'll get, I, we'll get into destiny two in a second with Sony, but I, I do think it's on a much better track recently, but again, like we shouldn't have had eight months of screwing around before that happened. Yeah. But the division two looks good. And I, I know you're much more uh seasoned division player than me. Um, I think you enjoy the loot grindy games more than I yep. do. Um, my brother's the same way he really likes, although he's a Fortnite addict now, but he was really big into destiny and then the division and, those games definitely, and, and of course, you're a big Diablo. I mean, I played Diablo a bunch too, but you played more. And 
Um, more quote unquote like two thousand hours of Diablo. By like, <laughs> by like yeah, two thousand. I mean, I played through it like probably four or five yeah. times, which I feel like that's is like a, lot a of farming run for me. Game, but, <laughs> I know, right? But like, I just I can't do more than that, you know. So uh, and Destiny, you know, I just can't I can't grind like that. And so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if the division is up my alley or not. But it looks good. Um, they also showed some of the crew too, which also, you yeah. know, as far as open world racing, that looks That's fine. Okay. I don't they know. They showed the pirate game again. Like I am bummed about oh, that, yeah. but it still looks pretty cool. <laughs> I, well, I have to admit. I've played it and it's, it's like, have you played black flag and done naval battles? Cause if you've done that, you know what to expect from skull and bones, except for it's much more. Look awesome. that. I don't know. I, I, I yeah. can see that appealing I mean, to me. We'll see, It's probably me. I, it's going to be better than Sea of Thieves <laughs> okay. because you can just you can pilot your own ship. You don't need like eight nine, other players nine people to join working up with the you, ropes you know. and yeah. Anger. But nine gamers, like nine, like there's like a fourteen year old and uh, you know like guy who that doesn't speak English. Like yeah, no, that's that's not for me. But you know, I think Sea of Thieves is going to have a lot of different modes and like multiplayer, competitive multiplayer modes, and it should be pretty yeah. fun. I think. It's. I, I wish it was more. I wish it was like a full fledged pirate, not Assassin's Creed. I wish Creed, it was Black Flag too. I literally just wish it was Black Flag too, with yeah. like only a one percent connection to the Assassin's Creed franchise. Right. That's all you would yeah, need exactly. to do. But wasn't Black Flag great because it did kind of abandon the, the assassin stuff so much? Like it, it was in there, but the you know the protagonist was not really an assassin. Yeah. And, yeah, that really game. was fantastic. I, I, I still think I might like Origins a right, little better, but it was, I mean, Black Flag is obviously amazing. I just thought it had such a surprising, I, we won't spoil it, but the ending really got me in in Black Flag. And that was a similar time to when um, The Last of Us came out, and that had, also had a fantastic yeah. ending. Was we'll that your Sony transition? Because we're heading into it. And it started with The Last of Us. Okay, so Sony's show was very strange. Very, very, very strange. They opened... It started off I mean, so, so well. they opened in this like weird sort of church thing where they had all the press in there. No one could see anything because there wasn't stadium seating. <laughs> so everyone's view was blocked apparently when you were live there. Uh, and then they have Gustavo Santoello come out and play an awesome banjo song. And then they show 11 minutes of The Last of Us footage, which is awesome. And we'll talk about that in a second. But then they have this intermission <laughs> where they just take a hard oh, break for like close to 20 minutes. And... Show so they have like stupid. some weird interviews, and then they show like a Black Ops Four trailer and a Destiny Two trailer, and then they go back to doing a full normal show somewhere else. It, it was very strange, but the Last of Us footage they did show was awesome. <laughs> um, right but before we get to that, yeah. I want to just talk about this intermission a little bit okay. more because okay, I the, I get that they were in this church because it looked just like the one in the game footage that yeah. they showed, right? But I'm picturing being there because I've been to these things before. And what what they did was they took all these journalists and YouTubers and developers and whatever else. And they had them stand in lines and get into this church and sit down. Then they showed this footage and then they had everybody get up and walk into a Just stay there. Like, like, who cares? (laughs) I guess a vision was terrible. Or, well, they had a... Well, so what they should have done was just had, like, some people in that first room... And then some people waiting in the other room so that they could have just switched right over to it. And then I guess some people would have missed part of it, but whatever. Like, wh- it's crazy to me that you have a live stream where people have to wait. Yeah, for it was very minutes. weird. And, like, I, uh, Sony is usually really on the ball when it comes to these. And, like, they had uh-huh. their, like, orchestra and, you know, in past years. And 
they did they've done a lot of awesome stage shows and this was like what the hell and and it was just so short it was like 45 minutes yeah. like with the intermission like that was very unusual and i can't i can't and, and there just really weren't very many reveals if any i think there was neo 2 and resident evil 2 yeah and neo 2 was and, barely shown yeah it was like a mini trailer yeah and i don't think resident evil 2 is ps exclusive i could be wrong about that no, but so so I, yeah so we, we got spider-man and the last of us 2 and the tsushima which looks and, cool that was kind of it. I I'd like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm missing one or two smaller things like the Rick and Morty game, I guess, but yeah. that they was very odd. Didn't have more like little games to fill in the gaps. There was that one, um, that one, uh, with the chick that had like telekinesis. Oh, control. Yeah. I was yeah. like, is this quantum break too? Yeah. <laughs> like, There's no way they made quantum break too. And then they didn't, but, um, it looks very similar. I wouldn't be, was it the same developer? I wouldn't be surprised. I think it might've been, but I, yeah, I think it was, I think it was. The yeah, that looks cool, I guess. But I, I mean, granted, they like said at the outset, they're like, we're just going to like do a deeper dive into a few specific games and this is going to be a non-traditional show. And like, well, it's certainly lived up to that. So like what they showed was good. It was just such a mm-hmm. bizarre structured thing. The, okay. But the last of us two last was us, yeah. a highlight of the whole weekend for me. It looks so I just, I can't incredible. even believe that game is real. Like the, oh the action God. scene... I mean, I played The Last of Us, and I remember thinking this about The Last of Us when they were first showing that off, too. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like this could be this fluid in-game. And yet it yeah. pretty much was. I mean, it was, like, a little yeah. different, but it was. But, like, to see – there were so many just little moments where, like, she gets shot in the shoulder and immediately grabs her shoulder and is, like, limping with that exact wound spot. She yeah. pulls an arrow out of a corpse and, like, slides it into her quiver and then can slide it out to use it. The dodging. The, the dodging of machete so in midair, I, man, I don't know. I yeah. was blown away by that. Me too. Totally blown away. That's why I said I had to tie the um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice with, with another game because, man, it looks good. It reminded me of when I first saw Uncharted 4. Um, I was at the PlayStation Experience in Las Vegas, and they, they started off their, their show with that. And demoed that scene in Uncharted 4 where you're kind of on those like tall rocks covered in grass and you're swinging around with the grappling hook and stuff. And they demoed yeah. that and a guy played it and it was awesome. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I felt the same way with this one. Just like, whoa, Naughty Dog has, they just keep on creating better animations, more realistic uh, character models and, and better graphics. And it all melds together in a way that few games seem to be able to do. And outside of combat, that was the best, least awkward video game kiss I've ever seen. Oh, man, yeah, right? <laughs> Have you ever seen two characters try and kiss in a video game, like in Mass Effect? Like, it is That's always terrible. horrendous. And, like, uh-huh. even if you're really what into whatever the love story is, it's just like, ah. <laughs> and, like, just kissing. somehow, it's... finally, they got it right, yeah. It's anything to do with mouths other than talking. Like, if you e- see Even talking eat, is not great most of the time. It's not great, no. But, like, like that looked... I mean, it looked it looked amazing. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there are some people mad that there were two girls kissing, but um, I feel like there are less and less mad people as the years go by. So that's good. <laughs> I but so. I just didn't even bother looking for those takes. I'm just like, this is great. Yeah. I'm just going to enjoy this and not 
seek out a bunch of BuzzFeed articles about the worst E3 commenters. So, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, just avoid the silly outrage instead yeah. of engaging with it. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was a great. It was a great trailer because it went from like what she said. What the one lady said to Ellie was, um, "They should be terrified of you," and it cuts to her like. Just ripping that, was, that guy's that throat was out. Such a transition! Oh my god. <laughs> I, um, was she older in the in the action scene, or was I? I, I? I don't know. I couldn't tell. I didn't feel like she was. I thought she was older, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I, I mean, I, I. It's too hard. It's too hard. There's to still my theory that Joel dies, and that's like yeah. the genesis for this whole Ben spree or whatever. It would make sense. I mean, their story, as far as I, so, what I've always been worried about with The Last of Us Two is that I feel very strongly that The Last of Us 1 told a complete story that needs no uh, no sequel, no a footnote, no nothing. Like, they did a good DLC that was a prequel, and that was fine. Um, but it ended so well, and it, it I just... I always worry when a story I really like goes on to tell a sequel. You know, it's like my Westworld fear. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, just... Like nothing I've seen makes me worried, so I guess no, I'm, no, I'm optimistic totally. but about I th- it so far. But I, I would have agreed at the outset. That's why I think you're right about Joel dying, though, because I think that their story has been told, and now there needs to be a new story, and it should be, it shouldn't just be the story of Joel and Ellie. Still, I you mean, know what if I mean? she's in some sort of like peaceful settlement or something, I'm like maybe predicting it gets raided or something, and like everyone dies, she's like, like little girlfriend dies, down. Joel dies, like everyone <laughs> dies, and then that's. You know, yeah, that's, that's a very Last of Us thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it. I that that seems to be what is going on. I mean, they called her a, a wolf, right? Yeah. Like maybe she's some kind of rebel, and there's this big group of crazy yeah, well, the bad other guys. guys didn't exactly look like they were some sort of organized. <laughs> well, know. they looked like. I mean, they looked like a. I mean, post-apocalyptic organization. Yeah, I just I mean know. like the like soldiers, or you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it looks fan. I it's for me it's definitely one of the most anticipated games I can think of right now cuz it it makes me want to go play the There's the no first date, one. right? They didn't even they didn't even say 2019, did they? I don't remember It's got to be like it's got to be holiday 2019, I would think. I would think so. But it, it's going to be holiday you know, It'll be announced holiday 2019. It'll be delayed to spring 2020. <laughs> That's my prediction. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good. I mean, that's, that's really okay, forgotten. I guess, but a good time for it to come out would be would be early spring, yeah, or late winter. Again, not everything has to come out in the holidays. For they, would someone start releasing games in the summer? Like every summer, there's like three months where nothing comes out. I know, except like it's been a little Splatoon bit better. or something. Like there, this happens every year though. <laughs> he said disdainfully, Splatoon, Splatoon is fine, but like that's when it's the only thing, it's less fine. <laughs> so. I feel like there was some stuff. I feel like May was actually pretty good. It's it, the and, good stuff usually uh, stops around May and then picks up in like late yeah. August, and then between that, like June, July is usually a desert. Well, we have Fortnite. Yes, yeah, maybe it's a Fortnite we can just play indefinitely and <laughs> seasons forever. It's I don't know. I I play too much Fortnite. It 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 has taken up too much of my time, and now now it's going to be on Switch, which is a great segue into. The Nintendo the conference, yes. conference, which wasn't really a conference because it's just a Nintendo Direct. It was a Super Smash Brothers Direct with like three yes. other things in it. Exactly, <laughs> pretty much what it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like Sony kind of. There wasn't a lot really there. Um, well, afterwards, they were just they, like, "Yeah, we can't show Metroid Prime Four yet." Sorry, like that, <laughs> that was it. I was like, "All right, well, sure." I, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, 
but they yeah they they announced Fortnite is coming to Switch. It's on Switch right now. You can download and play it right now. And, and well, unless unless, <laughs> <laughs> unless your account is linked to a PlayStation uh, account, and then you are in trouble. Yeah. Like, so what's going on with it's that? Not, should, it's not only, it's not only it's not only that you can't like cross. So there's crossplay between PC. I think mobile switch and Xbox. So like you can play with your friends across any of those systems. Sony as ever with its giant install base has decided that crossplay is not in its best interest. So you can't Sony, Sony's not in that loop. Like you can, you can crossplay with PC, PS4 and mobile, but not PS4 and Xbox and switch. And not just however, not crossplay. Yeah. Go for however, it. <laughs> no, you, you can do this part because it affects okay. you even more. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I'll, I'll just back up a couple of steps. I, I like to play Fortnite with my kids, and I was we, we've been having we had a setup where we have a couple computers and the PlayStation right now. But I was looking forward to having you know the PlayStation and a couple Nintendo Switches uh, and playing with them that way. But since there's no crossplay, I'm going to have to switch to Xbox and do the Xbox with the Switches. But it gets worse because PlayStation is not only not letting you cross-play, but if your account is associated with – if your Epic account has a PlayStation account associated with it, you are literally blocked from playing on other consoles. You have to create a new account and anything that you've purchased, like a Battle Pass, skins, etc., you have to. You have to basically. Buy the it. message Epic puts up is kind of hilarious because you can tell, like, they're kind of like seething, angry about it because <laughs> they're like, "Uh, yep, this is not has nothing to do with Epic Games. Please don't contact us. You have to make a new account." Bye. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all on Sony, and I'm, I'm literally about to write about this as we stop recording. But like, th- this has got to put just an immense amount of pressure on Sony to to kind of relent in this area because they look like such villains here and i would use another word besides villains if it was appropriate for this podcast (laughs) but it's kind of inexcusable and like i get the rationale maybe behind crossplay where they don't want people to take advantage of like their massive network or whatever but like whatever like the switch is the fastest selling thing ever and it has no qualms about crossplay so i don't think that's a very valid excuse there's but to have this thing where you cannot even use your linked account on another platform you own and would have to rebuy everything because of that policy is ludicrous. Yeah. And that, that can't stand and they should be given, I'm always accused of being like a Sony fanboy, but that is inexcusable <laughs> and that really needs to change. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, 80 million Fortnite players will be able to put enough pressure on Sony for this to get them to change. Yeah. It, you know, this, this is the same thing that, and I wasn't aware of this, but this is also the case for Xbox. If you try to play on Xbox with your account and you have a PS4 account linked to your Epic account, you are also blocked. All your progression is blocked. You have to create a new account. So this is not mean? this is not new. The same thing that applies to Switch applies to Xbox. Does it? Yeah. Here's here's a, a, um, another message. The for- this Fortnite account is associated with a platform which does not allow it to operate on Xbox. Neither the Fortnite website nor Epic Customer Service are able to change this. To play Fortnite on Xbox, please create a new account. So the same thing already uh, was in effect with Xbox, and now it is in effect with the Switch. So I was we- not aware of this, but this is the way it's been. Yeah, I've seen people on Twitter when I brought this up saying that this has been the case for them. That they've had to create new accounts, etc. So I guess I guess it's more of a big deal this time because 
you might you might pick between a PS4 and an Xbox, but you're I feel like you might be more than likely to own a Switch as like a secondary system sure. to one well, of those. Well, also it's a bigger deal now than when it launched. When it launched, we didn't we weren't paying attention to every detail, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right. I well, think I'm glad were, I caught that. Yeah. <laughs> but but well, still, it's still not good, and yeah, it's, it's still it's all caused by Sony in the first place. So, but there's the, a the overall point still stands, even if this, it's been in effect with Xbox already. But well, I don't think people. I just think a lot of people didn't really realize it. And, I didn't realize it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't realize it. If, I never well, tried. You, that's the thing. Is like if you pick to play on PlayStation, there's probably not going to be that much of a reason for you to switch to Xbox. But if you want to play on Switch, which is the portable console, like there's obviously a, a different kind of reason you would want to play, you know, Fortnite on that and on the go. And then you're going to run into this wall. So yeah. that is more frustrating, I would say. Yeah, I, I think that this is this, you know, you mentioned earlier, this could be a tipping point. I mean, I'm looking on Twitter and you've got, you know, you know Greg Miller, who's tweeting to PlayStation, uh, how an exce- and he's got... 4,800 likes and 1,800 retweets about how this is, you know, nonsense. And, you know, I think, you know, I think we've seen in the past year, we've seen a lot of gamer backlash actually have an effect on, on companies like with, you know, with loot boxes and things like that. And I I think that this might be, you know, Fortnite's a big enough game. Enough people might be upset by this, that Sony is, is pushed into a new position. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's too optimistic. I mean, Sony has been relatively immobile, (laughs) In, yeah. in the past and i mean people have been asking for crossplay with sony forever but this yeah you're right i mean this game is so big and as such a kind of mobilized fan base that it might be different this time yeah i mean i'm and i'm in a, between a rock and a hard place because i have a pretty robust Fortnite account with lots of things i've bought even though it's free and and now you know i'm tempted it's, out of- it's just cosmetic eric you don't need that stuff <laughs> yeah that doesn't have any effect on the game yeah, well, you'll be just, burning time leveling up your battle pass if you're on your like quote unquote bad account <laughs> to play with your kids, right? Yeah, so, it's, that I sucks. It's it's it, it really is. It would be such a perfect situation and an ideal world if all these cross all these consoles could play together, progress together. It would benefit everyone. It would benefit PlayStation's you know Sony customers and PlayStation gamers. Uh, but no, you know I get. I don't. I don't get it. Um, beyond Fortnite, in the in the Nintendo presentation, there was a lot of Smash Brothers. Forty minutes of Smash Brothers. Four <laughs> Smash Brothers, and I think they ended with some Smash Brothers. Yeah, they counted down all like nine thousand characters that are in the new one. Yeah. There's like I think there's like seventy, but the main point of the new Smash Brothers appears to be literally get every single character uh, into the game that has been there in the past. And they are doing it. It doesn't. I don't know how they're going to balance that <laughs> when you have. That's like getting into like Marvel versus Capcom territory, where there's just a yeah. crazy amount of fighters to the point where I'm not really sure how you balance that at all. Again, it's not about quantity; it's about quality. I, I feel like sometimes even Nintendo loses sight of that. Uh, well, I don't see the benefit. Like, what's the point of having like three different Link versions? Yeah, I don't know. In in your game, I. I I think there's a limit as to like when that's cool and and when that's just not really that important. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it's not just a straight up port of of the Wii U uh, Smash Brothers, but um, 
I don't know. It's Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be fine. It'll be fine. I'm not a huge Smash Brothers guy. I don't know. Like I used to play it some, but I don't play a lot of fighting games of any kind these days. Yep. Except for uh uh the DC um Oh, and Justice. Justice. Yeah, I played yeah, a lot of that. That was, that was a good one. Uh oh, they did show off a little more Pokémon too. I I missed I missed the first five minutes and I guess I missed all the Pokemon stuff. So. I, I bet there'll be more of the Treehouse live stream stuff, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure we'll see plenty of it. Um, yeah, and then of course that Pokemon will sell a bunch of Switches. Switch is just going to keep yeah. selling like hotcakes. It's crazy, and now I mean with Fortnite on it now too, it's just it's unstoppable. It is mm-hmm. the future. And that's pretty much it. And that's E3. That's E3 yeah. Yeah. I give it. We covered everything. We missed literally nothing. So yeah, that was. Every single game. <laughs> I give it 6.5 out of 10. I give it E3. Yeah, that's a kind of an accurate rating. I might even go lower, but I don't know. There is there is a ton of good stuff coming out. It was just such a weird, weird show. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited, but. What do you think? Very, very odd. Yeah, I, I, t- I tweeted about this. And I did the same thing last year. Why are they still having these big conferences instead of just doing like? Well, they're they're slowly shrinking and in, into kind of non-existence, and I think they're just going to be like, I think they'll be more like Sony's in the future, where it's just like here's six trailers and like eleven minute gameplay segments. The end. Like, well, I mean, like, why is EA? So EA should just get get rid of it. I don't, I don't know what EA is doing. And they should just have theirs in the Microsoft or Sony or both. You know, they could, Yeah, like Activision. I mean, right. like Activision that makes the most sense. have their own... Oh, we didn't... Well, they have BlizzCon. That's kind well, of... Well, sure, but, sure. And that's a different thing altogether, though, you know. Yeah. And that, I can see that because that's, you know, a niche conference dedicated to their specific products and fans. And Yeah. Um, EA Play is more like a just this like really awkward hype generator speaking of activision though we didn't really t- talk about destiny 2 but we can save that i thought the trailer was yeah really we'll cool. save that i got a whole mess of thoughts on that yeah. but we're we're running super long so we should probably not <laughs> yeah um yeah we are running really really long so um yeah yeah e3 uh i guess we'll we'll have we'll be back next year so uh we'll see you next year i'm no, just kidding um yeah <laughs> all right uh ciao That's it for this episode of Overworld. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, find me on Twitter at Eric Kane. You can find me on Twitter at Paul Tassie. Also, please download the show on iTunes and podcastone.com. And if you could, please leave a rating and review. It would really help the show out a lot. Hi, I'm Spencer Raskoff, the CEO of Zillow Group and I have a new podcast here on Podcast One called Office Hours. Listen as I have one-on-one conversations with other CEOs. We have the kind of conversations that can only happen between peers, tackling tough questions, sharing hard-won insights, and helping to define what leadership means today. Join me twice a month on Office Hours, exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the new Podcast One app. I never planned on losing my job, but we all know life can change in an instant. And losing my family's health insurance was an even tougher pill to swallow. So I looked into Cobra, but too pricey. Then I found out I could enroll through Covered California, where I was able to choose from good health insurance companies I've actually heard of. I even got help paying for it. There's a limited time to qualify after losing your insurance. So check out CoveredCA.com today. Covered California. It's more than just health care. It's life care. At the border. 
I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.